In this presentation, we will discuss student loan interest defined as it relates to student loan interest deduction. This information can be found in publication 970. Student loan interest defined. Student loan interest is interest you paid during the year on a qualified student loan. It includes both required and voluntary interest payments. Qualified student loan. This is a loan you took out solely to pay qualified education expenses defined later that were for you, your spouse, or a person who was your dependent as defined later for this purpose when you took out the loan paid or incurred within a reasonable period of time before or after you took out the loan and for education provided during an academic period for an eligible student. Let's run through that again. This is a loan you took out solely to pay qualified education expenses. So we have that key term, qualified edu education expenses for you, your spouse, or person who was your dependent. So that's going to be someone that is on the actual tax return, of course. If we're thinking about taking the du deduction, then typically, usually, we would need that information on the tax return or that person indicated on the tax return, that being either us, our spouse, or the dependents on the tax return paid or incurred within a reasonable period of time before or after you took out the loan meaning the loan that was taken out was paid or incurred within a reasonable amount of time for the qualified education expenses because that's a, that's why there's going to be a benefit for this because the purpose of the loan was for the education expenses and therefore the interest related to it when we repay the loan is possibly something that we can get a benefit from through a deduction. Lastly, uh, the education provided during an academic period for an eligible student. So we have to have an eligible student, another key term there, eligible student. Back to the text, loans from the following sources aren't qualified student loans. So these are going to be specifically excluded, not included as the qualified student loans, a related person. So if someone just loans us money, then the interest on that loan, just an individual person, typically will not qualify. And note that most loans, most typical type of student loans, will oftentimes provide us a statement that will let us know the interest portion and more likely indicate that the interest would then be uh, something that possibly could be deductible if qualified. But if we took out a loan from a friend, for example, for our education, and we had to pay back that loan plus the interest, Typically, that would not be something that would apply or be able to be deductible, the interest on the repayment of that loan, even if you use the funds for education. Next, a qualified employer plan. A qualified employer plan not being a qualified student loan. Your dependent, generally your dependent is someone who is either a qualifying child or a qualifying relative. So if we take a look at our test 1040, we have our test 1040. The dependents will typically be down here. So it'll be someone that will be reported here, either a qualifying child or a qualifying relative. So when we are thinking about deducting the student loan interest, it would typically have to be someone on the return, some social security, somewhere on the return, husband, spouse, and or uh, dependents would typically be those individuals. You can find more information about dependents in publication 501. So if you got more uh, questions about what a dependent is or who qualifies as a dependent, you go to the irs.gov website and look for publication PUB 501. 
For this purpose, the term dependent also includes any person you could have claimed as a dependent on your tax return except that. So note here, we have an exception. We have the dependent rule, and then we have a specific exception that is specific to this circumstance. Let's read it one more time. For this purpose, the term dependent also includes any person you could have claimed as a dependent on your tax return except that you or your spouse, if filing jointly, could be claimed as a dependent of another taxpayer, like on your parents' tax return, the person filed a joint return, or the person had a gross income for the year that was equal to or more than 4150 for 2018. So we're basically saying that it's anybody that's a dependent on the tax return and anybody that could have been a dependent, but were just stopped from being a dependent by one of these three things. So one of these three things are one of the conditions to be a dependent. If that thing was what kept the individual from being a dependent on the return, that might qualify as an exception. Back to the text. Reasonable period of time. Qualified education expenses are treated as paid or incurred within a reasonable period of time before or after you take out the loan if they are paid with the proceeds of student loans that are part of a federal post-secondary education loan program. Even if not paid with the proceeds of that type of loan, the expenses are treated as paid or incurred within a reasonable period of time if both of the following requirements are met. First requirement, the expenses relate to a specific academic period. Second requirement, the loan proceeds are dispersed within a period that begins 90 days before the start of the academic period and ends 90 days after the end of that academic period. Let's break that down or read through that one more time. Note that most of the loans will be the federal post-secondary education loan types this, at this point in time. And therefore, there's going to be a more of a standardized process. That's going to be the first component here. The second component will be an item where there might be some deviation where we have the two variants. So let's read through it again with that in mind. Reasonable period of time. Qualified education expenses are treated as paid or incurred within a reasonable period of time before or after you take out the loan if they are paid within with uh, the proceeds of student loans that are part of the federal post-secondary education loan program. So that's going to be factor number one, probably the, the most likely factor. Second item, even if not paid with the proceeds of that type of loan, so even if they were not taking that kind of normal standard type of loan, the expenses are treated as paid or incurred within a reasonable period of time uh, time if both the following requirements are true two requirements both not or must be met the expenses relate to a specific academic period so we have to have a specified academic period and the loan proceeds are dispersed within a period that begins 90 days before the start of that academic period and 90 days after uh, the end of that academic period if neither of the above situation applies, the reasonable period of time usually is determined based on all the relevant facts and circumstances. Academic period. An academic period includes a semester, trimester, quarter, or other period of study such as a summer school session as reasonably determined by an educational institution. So this is one of those terms, the academic period. A lot of different schools can have a lot of different names for the academic period. So note what we have here the basic standards we're going to go to the institution and as long as it's reasonably determined by that educational institution then we should be good the key term of course being reasonable 
has to be reasonably determined. Back to the text. If an educational institution uses credit hours or clock hours and doesn't have academic terms, each payment period can be treated as an academic period. Eligible student. An eligible student is a student who was enrolled at least half-time in a program leading to a degree, certificate, or other recognized educational credential. Enrolled at least half-time. A student was enrolled at least half-time if the student was taking at least half the normal full-time workload for his or her course of study. The standard for what is half of the normal full-time workload is determined by each eligible educational institution. So once again, they might, they might have different rules because, of course, the terms might be different. The terminology they use for the periods might be different. But it's, so it's going to be determined by the educational institution as what is what does it mean to be full-time? What does it mean to be a part-time student? Back to the text. However, the standard may not be lower than any of those established by the U.S. Department of Education under the Higher Education Act of 1965. A related person. You can't deduct interest on a loan you get from a related person. Related person includes your spouse, your brothers and sisters, your half-brothers and half-sisters, your ancestors, parents, grandparents, etc., your lineal descendants, children, grandchildren, and certain corporations, partnerships, trusts, and exempt organizations. So typically, again, most of the loans are probably going to be more formalized loans for most educational purposes, most educational loans, but it's quite possible, of course, to get a loan someplace else. If we get a loan from a related person, the IRS is often very skeptical of that and may not give any, uh, any benefit for that. In this case, they're saying no benefit for this particular interest deduction because, of course, uh, if someone's related, the IRS is going to be skeptical as to the, the trueness of the loan. Or that's my rationale as to why the law may be. But in any case, uh, these are going to be excluded. So related person here. Uh, you can't deduct interest on a loan you get from a related person, typically for uh, the education loan. Back to the text. Qualified employer plans. You can't deduct interest on a loan made under a qualified employer plan or under a contract purchased under such a plan.